0: The 48 Laws of Power series is going to be a great way for future students and parents of students to learn about my wife and I, the founders and operators of Solid Foundations. In this series of podcasts, we will be discussing the laws of power and how we either use them or they use us. I'm sure if you are listening to this podcast, you are familiar with the Solid Foundations mission. You know everything we do is to instill confidence in our youth. With that being said, I thought it would be cool to start a mini-series that allows us to tell stories of our past, particularly as teens and into our early 20s. These stories will describe how we personally felt victim to, or used to our advantage, each of the 48 Laws of Power that Robert Greene wrote about in his book. Don't worry, of course we will continue to do our regular program. We have plenty of guests lined up and will continue to keep uploading those important interviews. As always, I hope we deliver some value to you through our podcast. These episodes will best serve those who want power, observe power, or wish to arm themselves against power.
1: Welcome back to our book club, The 48 Laws of Power. I am your host, Crystal Regalado, and I'm here with Gilbert Regalado. Hello. Today, we are on Law 7. Get others to do the work for you and always take the credit. Use the wisdom, knowledge, and legwork of other people to further your own cause. Not only will such assistance save you valuable time and energy, it will give you a godlike aura of efficiency and speed. In the end, your helpers will be forgotten and you will be remembered. Never do yourself what others can do for you. So what was interesting about this chapter was there was the observation and the transgression all in one so what's the summary on that Gil?
0: so the summary on that is uh somebody named nikola tesla which is more well known today because of the car and elon musk really took a liking to him but if it wasn't for that although he was actually the the true inventor of the electricity we use to this day his name was kind of forgotten and that was because Edison, right? Everybody knows Thomas Edison for creating the light bulb and creating electricity. Well, Thomas Edison actually he did um, invent electricity, but what he was working on was called DC. It was direct current. And you know he was he was growing big. His company was big, getting well known, and he was already introducing electricity to America. But then he came across Nikola Tesla, who wanted to work for him. Nikola Tesla. Was a was a smart scientist inventor himself, and so he really liked Edison and wanted to work for him, and so Edison hired him. Tesla was doing great for him as an employee, but he wanted he wanted more. He wanted to to do more. He felt that Edison's inventions could use some tweaking and improvement, and so Edison actually one time told him, "Look, if you could make this um, invention better." I give you $10,000 and it had to do with um the how to generate electricity. And so Tesla's like, "Okay, cool." He went in there, he actually improved it. Edison was very happy and did give him credit like, "You did great, Tesla. You did real good." Um and thank you." But Tesla, well Tesla's like, "Well, what about the 10,000?" 10, and 10,000 back then, that's a lot of money. And um Edison just simply says like, well, you you don't get our American humor, like because Tesla was a he was a foreigner he wasn't from America, and he he gave him a little raise, but that but that was it, right? And so Tesla kind of took it as it was said, as Edison told him, maybe I didn't get it, whatever, and he kept working for him. But he got to the point where he he um, knew that AC was so much better that than DC that he ended up quitting from Edison because Edison just shut it down every time. He just said, no, we're sticking with DC. That's, that's what's got us this far. We're not changing it now. And so Nikola Tesla actually turns in his, his resignation papers and leaves. And he ends up linking up with a businessman called Westinghouse. Westinghouse is, is a strict businessman and doesn't know any, um, anything about electricity, but he, he knows damn well that, uh, that Tesla is um, smart and and trusts him with uh, moving forward with it, so he ends up partnering up with them, and they do great. But they're growing so big that they come they come to a point where they're uh, need more cash and money. So Westinghouse is actually at a point where he's almost going to go bankrupt, and so he goes back to um, to Nikola and he tells him, Look, I know I told you in our contract that I pay you this certain amount of royalties for, for eternity. Right. But if you don't give those royalties up, we're just gonna, we're gonna collapse. And Nicola just loved what he did so much. And it wasn't about recognition and money that he ended up ripping up the contract and saying, that's fine. You know, I trust you, you're my partner. And, um, and we'll just keep moving forward. We'll get through this. Mm -hmm. While of course Westinghouse became rich, and known for electricity and and Nicola unfortunately died broke and relatively unknown you know he even had great inventions like he was the mastermind behind the radio but nobody would ever know that because he was just so he was just wanting to do the work put his head down and do the work and didn't go for the recognition but because he didn't he just wasn't as powerful as he as, as he could have been
1: and what's your experience using the law with a uh, transgression or observation of the law
0: so with my story it's it's pretty much the same thing like there's transgression and observation of the law um mine went for for what i think a lot of uh, the same people do if like when i was if you're an independent contractor or a business owner i think this happens to us a lot and so to me at 18, I started my, my first business, and it was installing office furniture. And I started at the same time as a, as a company that sold office furniture, and um, they, they knew me very well, so they, they said, hey, if we're going to start this, can you start your um, company, but you install it, deliver it, and we'll sell it. So it was like a good partnership, right? Mm-hmm. But they were they were m- much older than me. Yeah, I had I had worked since I was thirteen, but I'd never owned a business before. And that they were kind of new to the business world as well, but they were adults, right? They were twice my twice my age. So I I went in it kind of weirdly, really wet behind the ears and unexperienced. And everything that they said I kind of just I just did. And so they actually had a business partner in LA that was like their financial backer. And a lot of what we did here in Santa Barbara was based upon like how it was done in LA. So let's say as an independent contractor, I needed to come up with an hourly price to tell, to say, Hey, this is what my price was. Well, since, um, the guy in LA, his independent contractors charged 17, they just said, Hey, that's what, that's what we'll pay you. Right. And then, so I took it, um, because that had pretty much been the most I had ever been paid hourly before and I had no idea of all the taxes and and all the costs that came with owning your business. So I went with that. Right. And so not, not only to mention that, but knowing now, like the cost of, to live in LA compared to Santa Barbara is just way, way different. And so I did this for a while, just me by myself, but then I started getting to the point where I needed, I needed to get employees. And so I, uh, Uh, that's where the struggle started to come in because I kind of learned the costs that had come with business. And then I had already done my research and knew what it was going to cost me to have employees. And so we got, it was always a struggle to try to get more money. But if you really think about it, if you're your own business person, you own your own business, you should be able to state your prices, right? Mm -hmm. But this is the dilemma when you're working for somebody else that that doesn't allow you just that doesn't allow you to make your own decisions that you you kind of back yourself out into a corner right so at this time like the the perks i got to use their trucks right i didn't have to buy my trucks i got to use their equipment they supplied uniforms because they wanted me to wear their their logo not anything that that uh, my company represented and they let me use their warehouse too, so I I really seen that as a plus at at the time, right? And so I was able to overlook a lot of the things, and kind of being promised like we were business partners, there there was um I, I was I wasn't hesitant to keep moving forward. I figured we could work through everything. Um, there was a there was a time where. In construction prior to starting my own business, I had done work on Vandenberg Air Force Base, made a great contact out there who who ran a big building. It was the headquarters building on on base. I made a good name for myself. So I w- actually when I transferred over to office furniture, I, I figured, hey, this could probably be a client. There's There was a lot of office furniture there that I knew could be worked on. And so I went to my, uh, let's call it my parent company at the time. <laughs> And said look if i bring in a client can we work out a deal to where i can get a commission i could get the commission on the labor and then if you guys sell them furniture since i brought them in i could get a commission on that and it was agreed upon like yeah okay all verbally of course me being Mm -hmm. inexperienced i didn't ever write anything down or have any kind of contracts Mm -hmm. well i actually landed that client and and so when that happened there was no commission there was zero commission on on office furniture they said well that's just not going to work out right <laughs> so i said okay well what about labor like you guys aren't doing anything i'm i'm the one contacting them i'm talking to them i'm going out there and doing the work but all the billing was still being done through them and so i had to struggle just to get a few more dollars on on my hourly rate and that's when it like it really started dragging on me like what I don't know a lot about business, but this just can't seem right. You know, um, then there was a, there was kind of the, the breaking point of, of trust on a, on a project that happened a little bit uh, like a year or so down the road from there. There's, so there's two ways we did business, right? I just charge hourly. Boom. Here's, here's my hours. You already know the rate. That's the, that's the cost for the job. The other way was to bid on a project to say, okay, this is the scope of work. This is what I'm going to charge you, regardless of how many hours it ends up taking me. So for whatever reason, when they got this project, they were really tight on on their numbers when it came to selling the furniture. And so they were hoping to make up a little bit on the labor portion of it, which was that's where my area was to make money, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, well, I'll I'll work with you on it. And they said, okay, this is the price we need you to do it for. And so I went and knocked out the project. I actually knocked it out pretty quickly. And at that point, when I knocked it out, they actually came back to me and said, well, we know we told you what price to do it at. But uh, we seen how quick you knocked it out. So your cost couldn't have been that, that much. So we just feel it's right that uh, we get the lion's share of that <laughs> profit.
1: <laughs> what a great company. Uh,
0: so it was, it was quite the learning experience, but the, the thing was, is I was stuck. Like I, I charged so little and the perks that I thought I was getting, like using their trucks and their warehouse. Well, if you really think about it, I, I, it was always like, look, charge us this little bit because we're gonna allow you to use all this. But because of that, I never had any money to, to grow. And so I was kind of stuck with that. And so the only thing that really saved me was like Google because I, I was my actually own business owner. And so other office furniture dealers, if they were to look up, they had a job in Santa Barbara, they could um, find me and then they would call. And so that actually saved me just that little bit of branding on, on the internet. And so years down the road my brother and i we partnered up and we went to get our own place our own warehouse where we had saved up from outside clients enough to finally go make our make our own move and we ended up you know my parent company my parent client that that i was telling you about when we moved out we totally lost all their business they just felt it was like there was that we were going to undermine them and there's just mistrust there and and we ended up losing them, which was 50% of our, of our revenue. And, you know, ended up having to, to grow from there. And so that's kind of my, that's my story of how the observation and the transgression of this law.
1: So like, no matter what work you did, obviously I'm sure it was good work. That other company took the credit for it.
0: Yes. Yeah. There was, if you were. On the outside, a company who hired them, you you would just think we were their employees. But, you know, my company and my employees, we were our own, our own business.
1: What advice would you, actually, would you give all these, I'm sure there's a lot of business owners, especially nowadays, there's a lot of independent contractors. What advice would you give them if they got hired for a bigger company to do that kind of work? So well, not just that kind of work, but working under a bigger company
0: well like one of the the lessons i learned was that if you are your own business owner you are your own contractor think about your future and don't just settle for like getting the work today so i would tell them if you're if how your operations are going today and your relationships with the people who are hiring you translates well to what you want for the future of your company, great. But if not, don't settle because all you're doing is you're digging yourself deeper and deeper and deeper. And before you know it, then when you want to make the change, you're looking up out of a out of a trench that you got to get yourself out of now. And so that, that is one big lesson that, that I learned. And, and the other one was like one way or another, brand yourself. And I think right now with social media, it's easier than ever. If you're, uh, if you're a professional in any field, you're not going to undermine your company by sharing your knowledge of what, you know, Mm -hmm. right. But if by chance you walk in one day to this company that you've given 10, 15 years of your life and they say, Hey, sorry, business is slow. Or for whatever reason, we have to let you go. You're not now just starting from scratch. You have yeah. a brand, you have people who know that you're knowledgeable in that area and it gives you so much, uh, such a stronger foundation to stand on.
1: 100%. My, um, I, I guess my experience with this was I just recently opened up a salon, Charm Hair Studio. And a lot of people, I do a lot of the before and afters. I'm always, I, branding yourself is huge. Um, I do a lot, I did like before and afters and, uh, a lot of people think that I did all of it, (laughs) you know, when it's, no, I had a plumber, I had an electrician, I had construction workers, I had all of them. Um, I think one thing that people, independent contractors lack, um, I think a lot of people think, oh, they don't need to see or not need, but they don't want to see it, but it's huge. A lot of people do want to see that. So... I like to give credit, as much credit as I can, but regardless of, oh, thank you, and I'll even tag them on there, they're like, oh, you did such a good job, you know, it's like, I did do some of the work, but mainly it was all the other, you know, workers, so definitely brand yourself, put it out there, social media is huge right now, everybody's on it, Um, your customers are on it, so definitely utilize that.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you did a great job of documenting the whole thing. Like you said, giving credit and really like there is, there's so much out there. Mm-hmm. And I think when, as a business owner, when you work at a scarcity, like when you think you have to be greedy and, and get every little piece of business that comes and you don't really look out for the people who work for you, whether they're employees or contractors, you're actually setting yourself up for failure because n- you're you're creating disgruntled employees or you're creating or you're burning bridges with contractors that could very well help you become more successful.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. One. Um, I just the story just popped up as you were saying that I have a stylist with me and she. Um, she did a consultation to a new client and she nailed it and it, it sounded like a lot like my consultations so I know that there was that was something that she did struggle with was actually having that conversation so me and her would work together on it. So I was in the back listening to her and I was just like, Yes, you go girl like she just nailed the consult. Everything that was supposed to be said, asked, like she just nailed it. And to me, I feel like not well I, I, I not necessarily well I did that, but like she helped build charm no no matter what she she's been there from the beginning so yes but also this new client just walked into my salon and she was consulted the perfect way and that is a representation of my business she is a representation of my business so she helped build charm does that make sense
0: yeah it makes perfect sense and is there ever any time where you feel like Because she's an independent contractor, and that she's, she's gaining success and the and the customers that are sitting in her chair, know that she's an independent contractor that it's going to take away ever anything from you and your business?
1: Um, not necessarily I do like when coming from the other salon. There were other independent contractors and it wasn't aligned with my mission or my values. So I did feel like it did take away from what I was trying to build. But I feel like now, I don't think that it's hindering. Um,
0: and why the mind shift?
1: Uh, branding. Culture. um, Our values are aligned. Having people on your team, all the independent contractors, even the independent contractors that I hired, electrician, um, plumber, uh, construction worker, they all seem to have the same values. So even like help building that salon, it just started good from the get-go. And it seems like the clients that are coming in, our clients that are following, they seem to have the same values. Mm -hmm. So it just seems... I
0: don't know. I, I think, all is good. I think what what has always what has I learned and what motivates me more to care about giving credit rather than trying to take credit all for myself, you know, with with all the different ventures that 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 I am a part of or have been a part of, was because I I've actually now learned to value relationships more than. The little bit of business at that per at that time, you know. I say little bit of business, but I don't care how big the contract is. It it could be a big contract, but I actually have learned now to to value relationships because I know the investment can pay back, you know, ten times over whatever that certain contract is at the time. Like burning a bridge there or making somebody feel like they. They were wronged or or like took an advantage of i'd rather invest into the person and let them know that the type of person that i am and the way we conduct business and then put that out into the world and who knows how it's going to come back and repay but I, i've seen more success that way than than just try to try to like pinch pennies
1: oh 100 100 percent. That was law 7 get others to do the work for you but always take the credit. Use the wisdom, knowledge and legwork of other people to further your own cause. Not only will such assistance save you valuable time and energy, it will give you a godlike aura of efficiency and speed. In the end your helpers will be forgotten and you will be remembered. Never do yourself what others can do for you.
0: Okay, solid community, there's a couple things that we want to announce for you that is going to be happening during the summer. First one is we are starting our basketball program. And so these will be our, our same solid coaches, you know, this is going to be ran by uh, Coach Lori and Coach Katrina. Again, they, not again, but I'm sorry, we're not doing it at Superior. This will be at Page U Center. and no experience needed at all
1: so this is a camp running june 14th through august 6th. Uh, the days will be monday wednesdays and fridays 10 a.m to 12 p.m and this is for males and females 10 to 16 years old if you are interested please contact lorena at lorena at sbsolid.org
0: And again, I just want to reiterate about the no experience. Uh, I think some kids shy away from joining a team, but they may want to learn how to play basketball, but they shy away because they don't want to have to play a game or be a part of a team. This is strictly just to learn the fundamentals of basketball. So little to no experience um, is required.
1: And this camp is $150 a month, totaling $300 for this whole uh, camp. Again, yeah,
0: which comes about 1250 a class, which is is, is a great deal. Next is jujitsu. So Crystal, we started uh, training jujitsu already. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, how people can sign up if they want to start training with us right now and what they can look forward to in the future.
1: So I like to call them pop-up classes because they're not permanent. Um, we are having a woman's only jujitsu Thursdays and a co-ed class Fridays. So they are evening times. Um we are in the process of opening up our gym, our jiu-jitsu gym in Galita, California. So until then, we will be having jujitsu Thursdays, Fridays, and we for the first few signups that I mean.
0: Well what's the is there any cost for like the pop-ups?
1: So yes, so we peers. have $15 um, per class. And then if you are for Superior members or Solid members, um, it is $8.
0: For Is that for both or just the Friday night class? That's
1: the Friday night class. Okay.
0: So if anyone wants to come and train Friday nights, 6.30 at Superior with us, just bring, if you're a member of Superior or Solid, $8. If not, $15. 15. Okay, and then... I'll, Last but not least is our brick program.
1: The BRIC program.
0: And for any of you who are unfamiliar with the BRIC program, this was something that we started rolling out about two months ago. And what it is is you sign up for a monthly contribution to Solid and you subscribe. So we, we put your, your info in the system and your donation will come out automatically. So you, we don't have to... We, you don't have to contact us. We don't have to contact you to, to do it each month. But with it, there's tiers. So there's a $50 tier, a $100 tier, and a $200 tier. And each of those tiers comes with their own um, rewards and, and special behind-the-scenes access and things of that nature. But most importantly, what you're doing is you're helping us build solid from the ground up we're still so new to this community and to what we do we can't do it alone and we need the help of our community and and I also feel that and Chris I think you would agree with me is that it gives somebody a way to contribute like we all have that longing to want to contribute to something bigger than us and to me this is a great way and the way we do it sets us apart from other places. You may have donated in the past before, because you actually see what your money is going to literally through Instagram or through Facebook or or whether it's through the or you know our email chains. But you get to see your actual money impacting the kids that are that are in our program.
1: Yes, uh, they're going to be part of a Facebook group where we open up discussions you have a platform where your input is wanted it's needed so if you have ideas of any of any kind we're there to listen
0: and to sign up all you got to do is visit www.sbsolid.org and uh, click on the donation tab it'll it'll have the um the brick program info and and we can email you the forms from there